glorious day and I thank you for permitting me into your home and heart. I remain the voice of one. A man once played hide and seek with his two-year-old daughter. He was to do the seeking and his daughter the hiding. As he began to count with his eyes shut, the daughter went into hiding. When he finished counting and opened his eyes, he saw that his daughter had her head buried in her hands next to one of the seats in the living room with her entire body in plain view. However, he began to wonder aloud, where has she hidden? And did so for upwards of 15 minutes before finally saying, I see you now. He could have revealed that he knew where she was from the get-go, but that would have spoiled the fun for the little girl. For the father of the little girl, the essence of the game of hide and seek was for his daughter to enjoy it. And since the little girl enjoyed the game, that was what mattered to her father. But there's a more serious issue about hiding, knowing where the fellow hiding is, yet not revealing it. And it is not a game. That was the case when God came into the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God had forbidden them to eat. Having eaten the forbidden fruit, their eyes were open. Realizing that they were naked and hearing God approaching, they went into hiding. When God came into the garden to have fellowship with them, he called out, Adam, where are you? But Adam replied, when I heard the sound of your approaching, I was afraid and hid because I am naked. Then God asked, who told you you are naked? Have you eaten the fruit of the tree? I told you not to eat. And Adam replied, the woman whom you gave me as a companion gave me the fruit and I ate. What I want to focus on is God asking Adam about his whereabouts. Did God not know where Adam and Eve were? Did he not know that they had eaten the forbidden fruit? Is he not God who knows, sees, and hears everything, including our thoughts, even before they are formed? For it is written in the Psalms that God knows everything we do. From far away, he understands all our thoughts. He sees us, whether we are working or resting. He knows all our actions. Even before we speak, he already knows what we will say. God's knowledge of us is too deep. It is beyond our understanding. Where could we go to escape from him? Where could we get away from his presence? If we went up to heaven, he would be there. If we laid down in the world of the dead, he would be there. If we flew away beyond the east or lived in the Father's place in the west, God would be there. We could ask the darkness to hide us or the light around us to turn into night. But even darkness is not dark for God. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to God. There's the story of two young children who set out to steal from their mother. When they got into their mother's room, the younger son told the older son to turn off the lights. The older son asked him why? And the younger son said, so that God would not see us. Indeed, there are people who, like these young children, think that God does not see hear or know what they are doing. And hearing is the essence of the question God asked Adam, where are you? Since God knows everything, why did God ask Adam where he was? Friend, whenever God asks a question, he is not seeking information. He already knows what has happened. He is seeking your honest answer so that he can help and bless you. You see, God cannot help an untruthful and dishonest person. So God asks questions to bring people to where they can truthfully and honestly give the right answer. Remember, he already knows. When Jesus and a Samaritan woman got into a conversation about water at the well at Sychar, while the woman was going on about the water in the well, Jesus was speaking about living water that would be inside the person, implying that the person would never thirst again. The prospect of such living water in her was exciting and the woman asked Jesus, to give her that water. But before Jesus 
could give her living water, he asked her to go and bring her husband. The woman then confessed that she had no husband, to which Jesus acknowledged that she was indeed a five-time divorcee and was now living with a man who was not her husband. You see, Jesus could not have given the woman the blessing of living water if she had lied. God wanted Adam and Eve to come out with the truth about their situation, that is, where they were, but they did not. Indeed, when God probed further by asking, Who told you you are naked? Have you eaten the fruit of the tree I told you not to eat? He was trying to get Adam to admit that he was hiding because he had eaten the forbidden fruit. God already knew that. He only wanted Adam to admit and say it himself. Unfortunately, Adam blamed Eve for giving him the fruit to eat and even blamed God for giving him Eve. Some people are like this. When they have done something wrong, instead of admitting they are wrong, they look for someone or something to blame. They will say, the devil made me do it. A pastor was caught red-handed, sexually molesting a minor, and his excuse was, the devil made me do it. In other words, arrest the devil. I also remember a policeman who had shot and killed someone. When he was asked about what happened, he said, the gun went off and killed him. In other words, arrest the gun and put the gun on trial, not me. This is the problem with some people. When they hear God's word, telling them that they have sinned and transgressed against God. They will say something like, I am a good person. I do not drink, smoke, or womanize. They act as though those are the only sins and transgressions. They refuse to accept that pride, greed, lying, anger, stealing, living contrary to God, and many more are grievous sins and transgressions against God. Friend, every human being that is born of a woman is a sinner. We were born sinners because of the genes we inherited from Adam and Eve's rebellion against God and can therefore do nothing but rebel against God and sin. If we are to surmount and overcome sin, we must first acknowledge that we are sinners, which is what is called repentance, and then accept Jesus Christ as the Savior who can free us from sin and the Lord of all, able to forgive our sins and bring God's blessing of eternal life to us. As a Samaritan woman had to confess her marital status before she could get living water, so must we also confess our sinfulness against God before he can bless us. Do not be deceived. God does not bless people engaging in iniquity. You will need to come out of hiding and admit to God what you have done. Those years of hiding from God must come to an end. You need to take off your mask of pretense and self-righteousness, blaming others for your sin, and face up to the reality of your sinful state and admit your need for God's forgiveness. Your sincere admittance of sin and confession of Jesus as Savior and Lord makes God accept you and pronounce you righteous, thus conferring on you the blessing of eternal life. So dear friend, where are you is a question God asks to help you admit that you are a sinner. What is required is your forthright, honest answer of how you have been living in sin and transgressing against God. Do not blame anyone. Just acknowledge that you have been living contrary to God. No excuses. Let me say this. No one can make you do what you do not want to do, except of course your life is threatened. Perhaps a gun is pointed at your head. There are many things I bet you were told to do that you did not do. And there are many things you were told not to do that you did. So you did what you wanted to do. Take responsibility and simply say, Lord, I am sorry. I did such and such. Please forgive me and deliver my soul from the evil one. I believe that Jesus Christ, your son, is my savior and salvation from sin. Such a statement 
enables God to bestow the gift of salvation on you, make you live right before him and bless you with all heavenly blessings. And by the way, God's blessings are not just of earthly things like houses, marriage, children, jobs, etc. Which unfortunately is what many are claiming to be the fruit of salvation. No, God's blessings are more than physical things. They include one, the ability to live above sin, that is to live righteously through Jesus Christ. Two, have peace of mind, that is a tranquility that is humanly unexplainable. Three, have an inexpressible joy, one that can only come from the Holy Spirit living in you and that no one can understand. And finally, four, live with God in heaven after we die and leave this world. So friend, where are you? Let us pray. Eternal Rock of Ages, I want to thank you for this word which you have shared in our hearing. I pray, Lord, as many as are coming forth to tell the truth of their transgression against you, their sinfulness in living on this earth against you, that, Father, you will accept their repentance, forgive their sins, and bring them into personal relationship with you, guaranteeing their eternal existence. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. We can be reached after this broadcast by text or by calling us on either 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. The numbers to call or send text to again are 0807-777-5630 or 0803-777-9931. I really would love to hear from you. God bless you and goodbye.